Hello, hello, hello. I am your Mrs. Claus, hostess with the mostest, Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to... Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. goosebumps. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the mostest, Munoz, and it's the most wonderful time of the year. Are you all ready? It is Christmas in July. And you know what? I'm not even going to beat around the bush. Today, I have with me the one, the only, actually the most perfect guest to do this with me. Please help me welcome the one, the only, Adam Tavalea. <laughs> Meow, ho, 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 bitch. <laughs> Merry what Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas in July. I mean, Hi, why girl. do we need Christmas in July? Uh, I, th- I Well, I mean, honestly, I personally am a huge fan of Christmas, so year-round Christmas is great for me. I mean, you, I love me an ornament store in the middle of the summer, so yeah, this episode like- is perfect. Yeah, it's like that, like, you know, that, like, year-round Christmas store in the middle of, like, you know, Ogunquit, Maine, or something like that. There's one in Midtown, too. <laughs> I think there's one near Columbus Circle, girl. We're going to go oh, later. yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas forever or Christmas in New York or, <laughs> or Christmas something. forever. Yes. <laughs> it's like a curse. How are you? How are you, my little fruitcake? I'm good, girl. I've just been, you know, enjoying this beautiful summer here in New York. You know, all of the rain that's just been pummeling down upon us. Um, yes, well, I hear you like to be pummeled. I do, you know. Whether it's Christmas or not. But I'm also (laughs) feeling generous, and I feel like our friends maybe on the West Coast could use some of the rain. So if I could maybe lodge a request with Mother Nature to get that going, because... Well, Santa Claus today. Santa. Girl, have you seen... Papa Noel. Have you seen the sky lately? That smoke from the West Coast, she's here. Oh, my God. In your mouth, listeners, uh, for those of you not in New York, uh, New York has been really, really hazy. The moon has been all sorts of shades of pink and red. Mm -hmm. And it's all because of the fires on the West Coast. So we are sending out not only Christmas love today, but a whole lot of love and healing and hopefully... You know, rainy weather and Hopefully. like wet, wet things out to the West Coast because Mother Nature is not happy with us at all today. She's not right? playing, girl. She's not playing she this is season. Not. The tide is high. If you've been down to the waters on the Hudson, the tide is re- the highest I've ever seen it. It's all, all very weird. And it's meanwhile, all very strange. <laughs> and meanwhile, we're we're just more concerned with sending large phallic items into space for less than eleven minutes and back. Come on, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Come on, Jeff Bezos. Going into space. I mean, listen. But before we get anywhere on this Christmas in July, because we are off to the races, Adam. We're all I over the map need- already. <laughs> I know, and this is just what it's going to be. And this is why you're like the most perfect guest to do this with me today. I need to wish you happy National Milk Chocolate Day. Ooh, yum. I mean, I do love chocolate, girl. Uh, all kinds. Um, yeah. But milk chocolate. Uh, you know what? I'm kind of feeling like maybe when we did an episode last summer, 
It might have been around the same time because I think we had a discussion about milk chocolate. We should we should check on that. We we should. Last summer, I think the last episode we did together, it was like New Year's. Didn't we celebrate New Year's together? We've done yeah. so many, girl. We've done so many. It's, I know. It's so good. Now I, know. I have a question for you that's pertinent yes. to Milk Chocolate Day. Are you the type of person who is for the utilization of food product in sexy time, or are you not so much uh, about incorporating the kitchen into your lovemaking? Um, I have incorporated the kitchen. You know, I've used a whisk or or two in my time in the bedroom. Just a little on the backside, a little whisk on the backside. But like, did, were you like, know? Okay, I know. In my early gay days, right? I was like, ooh chocolate syrup like it, this is like i've seen this in the movies i've heard stories about like this is what you do to be sexy yes. sticky not sexy sticky not sexy. no and, and then you come and then you come up with a with a face full of chocolate schmear all over the place and we it don't, it don't look good we don't want that no we, we don't, don't want that we don't want that we yeah. don't want so, that in, okay i was just curious idea, i was just curious in thought it sounds like a good idea, but no, not a good idea. Yeah. Like, I mean, but you know what? If that's if that's what you do on this National Milk Chocolate Day, you know what? Put the rubber sheets down and have at it. You yeah, know? absolutely. Just <laughs> slap, you know, slap your lover's backside with a little with a little Hershey bar. Um, uh, no, and, you know what? Celebrate. Actually, actually, Tony Chocolate Lonely. Have you discovered Tony's Chocolate Lonely? No, what is it? it oh sounds... my god, it's like the best chocolate ever. Really? Shout what out makes to... it the best? Well, not only is the chocolate just super high quality, but they are also huge advocates in ending uh, child slave labor on oh. uh, chocolate farms. Work, I can totally get behind that, absolutely. Yeah, because I didn't even know that that was a thing, that like uh, because of big chocolate, right, like i.e., uh, major major food brands like you know uh, putting a strain on the chocolate farms. Uh, these people, these chocolate farmers, um, have now enslaved people on the farms, being children and others. And Tony Chocolonely's um, is working to end that with fair trade chocolate and whatnot. So I full, fully, whole, and wholeheartedly support them on this National Milk Chocolate Day. But did you also know it's also a National Hamburger Day? Oh, girl, I was celebrating before I even knew. Last night, I had a delicious hamburger for dinner. So I'm already like two steps ahead of you. But hey, maybe we can combine the two things, like chocolate-covered hamburgers? Hamburgers? Question mark? I mean, we do, do we do donut hamburgers, like... That's true. Burgers in between a donut. I mean, I'm sure someone's done it. I'm sure someone's done it out there. And you know what? No matter what you're celebrating out there today, I think we just want to wish you (laughs) a a Merry Christmas. (laughs) A Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yes, beyond National Milk Chocolate Day, beyond National Hamburger Day, also... Happy Christmas, Hanukkah. July. Yes. Absolutely. Because I really, just really, 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 really wanted to do a Christmas, a nonsensical Christmas in July episode. Because why the fuck not? And Adam, did you know that this day in gay history in 1961, Illinois becomes the first U.S. state to repeal its sodomy law? Woohoo! Work, Illinois. I mean, have you ever been to Boys Town in Chicago? Obviously, that law has been lifted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm still walking funny because of it. And that Girl. was 2004. No. Well, you know what? Thank you, <laughs> Illinois, for the work that you did to support us. We really appreciate it. I think yes, there are actually yes, yes. still a... bills that, are, that outlaw sodomy in some states, if I'm not mistaken, which to me is yeah. crazy. Yeah, because you know what? The straights are doing it more than the gays these days. I mean, that's true. And probably not doing it in nearly as suave of a fashion. So Exactly. <laughs> Look, we smooth. We know what we're doing. We know our way around. Yeah. Put that in your mouth. <laughs> in your mouth and chew it. <laughs> I actually wanted to do a double day of this game. Uh, this gay and day history, this day in gay history. And, and did you know in 1988, a major 175 picture retrospective of Robert Mapplethorpe's 
Robert Mapplethorpe's photographs. Robert Mapplethorpe, I can't say that name. The Perfect <laughs> Moment opens at the Whitney Museum of American Art in New York City. Oh, I love that. Look, New York City is always stepping up to the plate when it comes to showcasing queer art. And I think that, you know, this is kind of the place that a lot of queer artists come or where they aim for their work to reach, um, whether it's on stage, on screen, on museum walls, New York City is like where it's at when it comes to celebrating our queer history and our queer art. So I'm excited. Absolutely. That sounds exciting to me. Yeah, that's great. I, I love it. I love a double day of it all. And speaking about queer artists, in your mouth listeners, Adam Tabalea has not only been one of my favorite guests on In Your Mouth, right? Oh. He's, I think he's on two, if not three, previous episodes. Just scroll down after you rate and review. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And find his episodes, because they are a good-ass time. But if you didn't know, and you probably do already, Adam Tabalea is the beautiful human behind my gay bartender. He is an internet mixologist sensation that is full of personality, pizzazz, musical theater, and all the old homo references you can fit in your pink sock. His TikTok has amassed thousands of followers, and he continues to inspire people across the world to imbibe in more than just a boring old vodka soda. Not that there's anything wrong with that, because that is like our national mascot for the homosexuals. It's like a vodka (laughs) soda. It's our version of water, I think, for a lot of us, you know, who still imbibe. But yeah, that's me. Hi. Yeah, do you like the new bio? I I, I I wrote you a new bio. It has definitely developed since the first time I was on here. I mean, that was before, pre-TikTok, you know, I was trying to find my groove when we started this. Uh, doing this podcast, um, and now I feel like I'm in a completely different place, which is amazing. But um, yeah. yeah, My Gay Bartender has been a super fun and rewarding way to connect with people, particularly you know while we were in lockdown and before I was vaccinated and not comfortable going back to work. Um, but I have to say, you know, uh, and maybe you experienced this as well, being a content creator, it's been kind of difficult to balance uh, real life work and the digital work that we had so much time to work on while we were going through lockdown. And so you might notice that on my page, like I haven't posted a video in a couple of weeks because I've just been so busy bartending in real life and tending to other opportunities that it's been difficult for me to set up shop in my kitchen like I normally would when I was too afraid to go anywhere else. Um, Absolutely. So- I mean, even my my posting has kind of diminished just because, A, I've run out of content and B, I've run out of old content to repost uh, sure. as new content mm-hmm. and the work situation of it all because now... Now we're all playing catch up, I think, right? To absolutely to make those dollar bills not not only to pay the bills that we may have, you know, uh, forgotten about, faulted on, or, or accrued during uh, lockdown, right? For whatever reason, but also to like, you know, just put more money in the bank, you know, because absolutely. believe it or not, Christmas will be here in no time to bring it. Full I mean, circle. <laughs> this year is flying. But yeah, I totally feel you. I mean, like it's uh, and I also think that part of it is that, you know, for so long we were just sitting in front of our computers or staring at our phones or our TVs. And all of a sudden, you know, with people being vaccinated and feeling more comfortable getting out in the world, like you said, we're we're also playing catch up like in that sense, like socially and just like in real life experience, because I don't know about you, but I was hunkered down in my apartment for like a year and a half, you know? And so the opportunity to go and reconnect with my friends and my community, visit some of my favorite restaurants and bars again, um, you know, and then of course also the opportunity to to work in real life, uh, you know, face to face with actual human beings um, has been a really welcome change of energy. And so you know, I, I I think that we all in life um, deal with trying to balance all of the the plates in the air at one at one time, keep all the plates spinning, um, and so it's been an interesting um, experience uh, figuring out how to blend these two worlds. Now that you know, we can we can kind of 
step out in the sun again. So um, I feel for you, my my sister creator. I know what it's like to try and keep those balls in the air, literally and figuratively. Um, And so I'm just glad that we can... And you and I are hustlers. You and I are hustlers. And In Your Mouth listeners... For those of you that don't live in New York City or maybe any major city, you know, there's a certain kind of New York hustle that is n- unlike anything else. A, you got to yeah, pay maybe. your rent. B, you got to... Sometimes there's a little living beyond your means, right? With, sometimes? With, without, even, without even noticing, right? In the sense of, because you want to go out, you want to be with your friends, and you want... And now, especially because... We're like coming out of this thing and maybe even hopefully not going back into this thing. Hopefully. Um, but like now we're out and this and that. And before you know it, like you're like, how did I spend $250 at the bar on a oh. random Tuesday night? And I only had three drinks because now this gay bar is trying to also catch up and charging you $15 for a Dixie Cup cocktail, which we totally, which I, we won't name names. <laughs> Peace. Oh, and um no, but I love and pieces. so and so I mean I was there I I supported yes, uh, of course <laughs> girl but yeah so there's a lot of catch up to be happening in all in all respects in all aspects of life and I feel like a lot of the social um at least for you and I are, is falling it is just falling a little to the wayside and it can't be because it's provided us and is providing us uh, so much momentum right. in well, something I feel like that we love y- doing. You know, we ended up all the way on one side of the situation, which was like locked up in our houses. And I feel like now we're ratcheting it all the way to the other side where it's like we're doing as much as we can out of the house as possible. And now I think like as the summer winds down and we get into fall, we're going to find ourselves settling somewhere in the middle um, and finding that balance yeah, again. So yeah, absolutely crazy. But you now, know what I, else is a Christmas oh, blessing? Talk to me right here. Just talking about, um, you know, things that we're doing and and being out. You and I, right? You went back to bartending. I have been talking about, you know, I joyfully, not really, decided and crazily <laughs> decided just to pick up, you know, a third job because I, I needed to. Because you have know. time for that, right? Yeah, because I have time for that, you know. You know, up at 7, working till 12.30 in the morning. Girl. It's great. <laughs> Life is great. Um, you know, on very unique... Uh, in very unique places here in New York City that is weather-affected and people-affected and a mess. How has this new venture been for you? Um, it's been great. So for, for those of you listening, if we want to get a little bit more specific about it, um, Michael and I have both found ourselves in similar job positions uh, on boats that have been turned into restaurant bars. And so um, we don't work at the same one, but he works at one down in Chelsea. I work at one up in Harlem. And um, like he said, it's a weather-sensitive situation. We've had a very rainy summer, so there have been a number of shifts where I get just completely called off because we can't open the boat. Not the situation for you, You You get called off, I get soaking wet. (laughs) I mean, basically. Sorry about that. But um, here's what I have to say. Um, going back to work, and you know, for those of you listening out there, I don't know how many of these listeners uh, have had jobs in the service industry. Um, and this is a whole topic that we could take off on, the service industry post-pandemic um, and restaurant workers like refusing to go back to work because of how poorly people get treated. Um, I, I find that working uh, on, a, uh, on a boat on, uh, at a bar restaurant that feels more like a theme park attraction than an actual bar restaurant. I do find that the clientele tends to be happier. They tend to be uh, just more kind um, because it's an experience. You're there for, you're, you're not necessarily there for the best service ever. You're there to eat and drink on a boat. And so I feel really fortunate to be in the position that I am bartending um, basically on a like glorified snack bar um, where you just come up and order, make your order and I send you away and I never see you again, potentially. Um, it's oh, been great. Uh, th- that's where that difference comes because... Because you guys are full service, right? It, it used to be. It used to be you, we send you into the abyss and never see you again. And now, and now it's, 
fine dining at its best, not. Aye, aye, aye. It's, it's, it's French fries and hamburgers and that people try to think that some customers, I should say, think is fine dining. And I quickly have to correct that. <laughs> I mean, truly. like and, People and are people, trying it. People, people are, are trying, trying it. it. They want some crazy stuff. People come up and they ask me for like a bunch of, you know, they ask me for crazy cocktails or shooters and things like that. I'm like, baby, you're on a boat. Like I got, I got about like 16 bottles of liquor back here and I guarantee you that we don't have like most of the stuff that you're looking for. So why don't you just order something off the menu, girl? It's right there for you. Yeah. I think this kind of yeah. goes into like, and we could have a whole discourse on this but just the you know i feel fortunate to be in a situation where the expectation level is sort of realistic for what people are coming on and experiencing um but i know that a lot of people are hesitant to go back to restaurant jobs because of poor working conditions or just the treatment that you receive well, from some customers treatment uh no sick days um even though the it's like the law that like we're allowed a sick day that's still not a thing um you know i I have never seen that put into use you know um long hours uh no health insurance no guarantee of like good money you know and and listen i have navigated this space this new space um just because in a very different way, just because it was a choice that I made, you know, because I needed extra money, not out of necessity. So I'm navigating this in a very different way that I've talked about. And in it's it's just freer, you know, because like I am a little carefree. I do my job. I do it well. Don't act a fool because I don't I don't need to be here. I want to be here. You know what I mean? 100%. And I think there's an understanding between the restaurant and me. And so that's provided me a really great experience on my end, at least for the most part. Well, I also think that, you know, as people that are choosing to go back into this industry, uh, you know, a front-facing customer service industry, um, I think there has also been some development in the way that we are willing to allow ourselves uh, to get treated. Like I am much more at this point, uh, willing to be verbal or to, um, challenge people with this mindset that the customer is always right. Um, there is a line and it's called decency. And when people cross it, I'm going to show that to them. Um, and so I think that's something else that I've learned throughout this, uh, pandemic is what we are and are not willing to put up with. And so if somebody's out of line, I'm going to treat them like they're acting out of line because what I think what's interesting is that people don't realize that they're in our house. And so although it is a customer service based experience, if you're going to act a fool, you're going to deal with the consequences of it, you know? <laughs> and so absolutely there's there was this guy that I was joking with the other day and um it was like this group, this event, so on and so forth. We're all having a good time joking. He uh I guess you know, you know the bros. The bros are your friends oh, till they like have that like second, third drink, and then they're not your friends anymore. And right. that's and that's what happened with this bro. And he was like, "Why is that a problem?" And I was like, "No, everyone, we were having a good time too, right now, you know." But I go, "It can be a problem. You're just going to end up losing." right now (laughs) you know what i mean totally and i'm just gonna be stuck here i had a guy come up to me and order a drink we we sell a a watermelon margarita that's in a little individual plastic patron bottle right and this guy comes up he orders one and then he says but can i you know can i get it in a manly glass and i looked at him and i said what does that mean and he's like well you know like you know i just i want it in a different glass and i was like you know what you don't have to explain your fragile masculinity to me which is literally what i said to him he and and like he had to sit there through the entire transaction and like think about what he said you know <laughs> and like think about how idiotic it really made him look um and yeah. i'm not i'm not i've got no problem showing that kind of uh side of the world to people because when again if you're acting a fool i'm going to show you and yeah. that was just like one of those experiences uh and, you Absolutely. know, I think I think a lot of the time in the food industry, it's just like, well, you know, you just have to, like, suck it up and da-da-da. Daddy's not doing that anymore. So, <laughs> Listen, in your mouth, listeners, I want, I want to clarify something here really quickly. Uh, and I think Adam would agree with me um, wholeheartedly here. 
you know, it sounds like we're off the rails for Christmas in July because this is also we'll a little bit. Uh, this also a little bit of a catch up session. And you know what? You need to know what's going on out there in the world, especially through two restaurant industry workers, right from the other side. It it it's beginning to sound like if if you're on the outskirts of this and you don't and you haven't worked on that side of the restaurant industry that we're like maybe maybe it sounds a little over entitled or maybe it sounds a little bitchy queeny that being like oh my god we should just be grateful that we have jobs no no girl the fact of the matter is is that people now are walking into our spaces right the spaces that we work and a large portion of these people are lovely know how to tip treat us well so on and so forth. We have been stuck inside for over a year plus, right? Um, people have passed away. We have seen uh, all sorts of madness in the streets and beyond here. And so to come back, right, and to be grateful to be working and then have a guest, right, come in overly entitled, right, asking for the world, which we'll give them to you, uh, which we'll give it to you as long as we can provide it. And as long as you're nice, but then to be an asshole on top of it, to then not tip, to uh, to speak to you a certain way, no, that that sort of business is over. That yeah, well, that that sort of mentality is over for people like Adam and I who've been in this industry for a long time, and what we tolerate, like we are human, right? We, we are here to do a job, and we're happy to do that job as long as we give you give us the same respect that we give you. Absolutely. Also, one thing that I've noticed, and this is maybe just a general thing that's not a restaurant thing, um, but I also feel like for a year and a half, people were trapped, and some people really like to fight, and they didn't get to fight for a year and a half. They didn't get to fight with any strangers, and so they are taking to the streets, baby, because people want to fight. It's so crazy. I don't understand it. As a lover, not a hater, as a not a fighter, I just... There seems to be this like overwhelming like feeling of people who are just like, I didn't get to fight with somebody like for a year and a half. I'm ready to fight. And I'm like, well, you know what? Take it to the streets, girl. Don't take it to my restaurant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I shut it down, too, because I've had that experience. I was like, yeah, we're not doing that. This is the way this is. This is the way this is going to go. We can either have mm-hmm. a good time or we can not have a good time. But I guarantee that you're going to have a worse time you know, <laughs> than I am. <laughs> Don't cross a gay man. They should know better. Oh they should know better. Oh my god! What's your favorite thing about Christmas? What? Okay, yeah. Let's let's get back on track. Let's get girl. back on track. What? Um, well, I'm not going to say that my favorite thing about Christmas is coquito because you know we have very strong feelings about that. Yes, um, and we'll get that. <laughs> we'll get to that after after the break. Okay, okay, okay. But um, I have to say. You know, oh God, there are so many things that I love about Christmas. But I think one of my favorite things about Christmas is actually waking up on Christmas morning and making, I always, there's always like a fancy breakfast situation, whether it's like a stuffed French toast or like a really fancy omelet or something like that. I, I just love waking up on Christmas morning, popping open a bottle of champagne, making a really, really yummy breakfast. Um, and then, you know, like opening presents and just like feeling feeling lovely and jovial. And so I think that breakfast uh, idea has really spilled over into real life because I think it's it's probably the the meal that I, I put the most effort into on a regular basis. Um, sweet or savory breakfast? Um, I like a combination of both. Like, you know, on Christmas, you're doing something usually like a little special. So I will usually make something like a panettone French toast. But then I'll also oh, make. She's fancy, you, you know, girl. You know, uh, right. I pull out all the stops. Toes. Oh my god! Last Christmas, I gave you my uh-huh. heart, and I, <laughs> <laughs> um, at Italy, they sell a million panettones in all sorts of flavors, and I got this like pistachio panettone that was like forty dollars because they imported it from Italy, of and course. it was worth every last. MF scent. It was so freaking good. Well, I mean, I, I will say pistachio is my second favorite nut. So 
I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what the first one is, but Speaking I love, of Coquito. I'm obsessed with pistachios because it's like effort and reward. You like that little snap of the shell and then you get like the little morsel inside, which I love. Yes. So, and I love panettone. So maybe I'll have to look for that and I can make French toast out of it um, this oh year. Oh my God. In your mouth, listeners, whether you're in New York or not, or in a city that has an Italy or doesn't have an Italy, hopefully Mario Batali is not attached to it anymore. But um, this Christmas, come this Christmas, order that pistachio panettone. I'm on it. I, I, oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> it sounds like it would be good with like a little smear of Nutella on it, maybe. Like I that, think like... there may be a little chocolate in it. I forget. Oh. I just remember, I just, there remember there being like layers of pistachio uh, like paste Ugh. cream in it oh my god i love that my, okay wait so what's your favorite noise. part what's your favorite part of christmas if mine is like the breakfast the fancy breakfast what's one of your favorite parts of christmas uh my mother always makes a pernil for christmas oh, uh, that's cute. a puerto rican roast pork shoulder um and it's delicious you know and these days, you know, my family's small. It's just me and my mom usually. And then maybe we'll go see my brother and my niece and nephew or my sister-in-law or something like that. But it's like small and just intimate. And so it's just like coming together and we'll play cards. And it's just like a chill out day. And, you know, a day for, you know, a day off from bickering with my mom, right? Because that's just our, uh, it's a, my mom and I love to bicker. That's what, that's our relationship. It's great, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's a day off from that. And, you know, like last Christmas we ate, we had like three meals that day, right? Absolutely. And we've never, we've actually never done that before where, where she came over early and I made breakfast and then later there was like a cheese board and then later the pernil and the rice came out and everything and it was it was everything. Yeah, definitely the food is the highlight, you know, because, yeah, there are presents, but like, like I said, you know, Christmas is small, so it, there's not an overabundance and I'm a man of a certain age now and so like, yes, I love the presents of it all, but that's just not a thing in my life, you know? And so, oh, yeah. I mean, that used, when I was a kid, I feel like presents were, like, such a huge thing. And maybe that's just, like, I my love language is acts of service. Like, yes. I like to take care of people. Um, I like to cook and, and you know, uh, provide experiences. Um, and so for some people, I totally get it. Like, if gift giving is your love language, absolutely. Like, go for it. I will be happy to receive any gifts you want to give me. Uh-huh. I, I, I heard that about you. Mm-hmm. Always happy to receive. Yeah. No, uh, uh, giving is my love language. And people yeah. people uh, uh, in my life sometimes don't know how to deal with that. But like, I'm definitely, I've learned um, the hard way that giving is, is my love language. And so, you know, um, yeah, it's just a thing. It's just a thing. I mean, it's the spirit blessing. of Christmas, baby. It's the spirit it is. of... The spirit of Christmas. And you know what else is the spirit of Christmas? You know, I just want to take you out. And I'm actually going to let you take us out to my favorite part and the audience's favorite part of the pod, Adam. A little something we like to call... This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Food news update. Yep, that's, that's how it is. <laughs> Panera just dropped a soup themed swimwear collection okay girl i mean look i love i love me a speedo i love me a cute little trunk does it have like the ingredients illustrated on them what's the tea i mean (laughs) i was thinking you know like holiday gift guide (laughs) sure (laughs) 
<laughs> Absolutely. But like, so they, they, they've dropped a soup-themed swimwear line, right? Yes. And so it's like, Did you know. Did come in uh, certain flavors? Uh, I, I wish. You know, well, Panera's obviously uh, very famous for their bread bowls, right? Gotta, gotta love a, a bread bowl from Panera. And this is from Food & Wine News. Thank you, Food & Wine News. Uh, the, su- the Swim Soup collection features four swimwear styles. Two one-piece bathing suits and two pairs of swim uh, trunks that pay homage to your favorite Panera menu items. There's a green one-piece in the same shade you see on their menus and signage that gets straight to the point with the word soup printed across it in letter. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, And there's some swim trunks with Mother Bread logo on it. Um, which is a reference to the 30-year-old sourdough starter that it uses in every loaf of sourdough bread. I think there's also um, a, a bread bowl uh, floaty as well. I'm dying over here. I inhaled and choked on my own spit because I was laughing so hard. at It just says soup on it, which I think is <laughs> fucking hysterical. Also, while we're on the, on the topic of Panera, have you heard the, that... Panera people has been used as like a descriptor like it basically means you're basic I've heard people like I'm not a Panera person like don't worry I'm not Panera people like it has become a slang for like basic bitches did you oh, know this really no yes. yeah I don't I've know been, if Panera I don't know if Panera will be happy to hear about that I know but I've been seeing it all <laughs> over all over the TikTok like you know all the Gen Z's are just like I'm not a Panera people like we're not Panera people oh. like it's yeah that's really? so because that steak. Uh, maybe I'm a Panera person. I'm proud because that steak sandwich from Panera. Now here's the deal. I love when you're Panera, on the road. Okay? I everything. love Panera. They have it's, yeah. it's an easy go to. You know you're gonna find something that you like. You know, and you know what? You don't feel bad for eating it when you're on the road, as opposed right. to other fast food options Girl. that you're like, oh my god, that chicken sandwich was so delicious, but like the cal- the caloric intake or whatnot, the fried of it all. At <laughs> least you know, like. At least if there's like a drive through Panera, you can feel good. Or at least it feels good. Yeah, you know? at, least, at least you don't feel like complete garbage ordering from there. So, okay, here's it. This is a, this kind of like dovetails into a fun little question. So is there a like a restaurant franchise that is not in New York City that you wish was in New York City? Oh, my God. So many. Um, Culver's for their butter burger. Delicious. Oh. Have you ever had a Culver's butter no. burger? No. Oh, oh my God! So freaking good! Oh, yes, the ASMR of it all. <laughs> you beast! How dare you? Don't you dare talk about my husband! No, <laughs> that was a housewife's reference. Um, oh my God! Uh, definitely a Culver's. Uh, definitely an In and Out. A oh, Water Burger. Yes. Mm-hmm. A Whataburger, delicious. You know what we don't have in New York City that just really devastates me? We don't have a Chili's. Okay? I we don't know if that's... We used to, I think. I, 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 we, we used, used to maybe, have one right here on the did, corner of my block. But or was we that Chevy's? No, no, that's Chevy's. No. That's Chevy's, baby. And Chevy's is its own thing. But there is not a Chili's in New York City. And that, to me, is homophobic. Um, sorry, skillet queso, El Presidente Margarita, sign me up. Like, I mean, my, but we have a Dallas BBQs. Hello, girl. I was there the other day. I, you know, I, I I polished off them sticky wings, and I did. I did get one of those disgusting margaritas with a bottle of champagne upside down in it. Yes, yep. I and did. no one was angry about it. But your and stomach no one the was next angry day. About it. Yeah, right? I mean, oh, girl. I woke up at six fifty in the morning, and I was like, I think I need to use the restroom. Now. Now. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, shout out to Panera for your soup bathing suits. Um, (laughs) Bathing soups. Bathing soups. Oh, my God. That was a a marketing uh, ploy that was missed. Uh, And... Just so you know, Panera, I have a penchant for a lady's one piece. So if you want to send me one, I will definitely wear it. Oh, my God. Absolutely. That with like a a nice little pair of cut off denim shorts. And then you can just see the line of the bathing suit like coming up above the waistband. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I I hate you. Very (laughs) Pam Anderson. You won't even let me transition into the next thing. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. We're done. We're done with Panera. We love you. 
We love you. McCormick is hiring a director of taco relations with a $100,000 paycheck. Okay, I did see this. I saw this article pop up on my Facebook timeline. I love um, it. I love it. Can I just say, it is about time that a company started taking tacos seriously, this serious. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was just in Mexico, and I've had the best tacos of my life, you know? Where'd you go? Where in Mexico were you? I was in Puerto Vallarta. Yes, honey. So you are, we are both taco stands then. Yes, we are are taco taco stands. For we sure. Best taco in the city? New York. Um, oh God. Um, you know what? There's actually a... There's a this is a not a hard question. No, there's, there's only a, one there's answer. A, well, I don't, I don't have it. <laughs> I, I like lengua tacos, so I have to like seek that shit out because a lot of places don't have it. Oh, okay. If we're going to like a lengua, a lengua taco place, then that's the taco truck that lives on the corner of 14th Street and 8th Avenue. Oh, work. Okay. I didn't yes. know that. Boom. Right? There, but yeah. if we're going to like um, a brick and mortar taco okay. joint, Los Tacos mm-hmm. Numero Uno is hands down the best taco and most authentic, I think, really? in this city. Yes. Really? See, this now this was the thing. When uh, you know, I'm a California boy, and so when I moved here, um, you know, eight years ago, I thought like I'm used to being able to find great Mexican food on every corner because I lived in California. Um, out here, not nearly as easy. Not nearly as easy. No. Now there are, are a lot of Mexican restaurants and taco joints, but they're not always like authentic. I'm I'm used to it being like kind of this effortlessly authentic experience, and I have to really work to find that here. It was hard for me to find lengua in my neighborhood. Yeah, well, listen, uh, McCormick's new t- director of taco relations may be just for you. Even though I just realized we missed the deadline to apply. Shit! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's over. Because I, I was about to say you're applying for this, right? Like you're. Already- I, I I wish I I found this article a week ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Truly. job is more is more than just getting paid to eat tacos. The official role's description uh, explains that applicants will be expected to work up to 20 hours a week for up to four months, including attending virtual meetings and occasionally traveling to both the McCormick headquarters and to other taco locations in the U.S. Responsibilities include things like keeping tabs on taco trends by sourcing local social media and talking with chefs, developing content for McCormick social channels, and consulting on inspirational and approachable, approachable taco recipes incorporating McCormick's taco seasoning. That Look is that. incredible. I mean, look, for the taco enthusiast, for uh, the taco stan, this sounds like a, a really great opportunity uh, to, to really turn your passion into a career. Uh, absolutely. And maybe McCormick will hear this and just realize that you and I are probably the most perfect person for this job. <laughs> oh, girl, the other day I was, you know, I was going out, uh, out of town with a couple of friends for the weekend and they, they were up there already starting to make dinner and they were making tacos. And we were just getting ready to leave, and they literally texted me, and they were like, um, would you mind bringing some spices for the tacos? Because um, we don't have any. And I was like, all right. Like, they literally, there were like four other people going up there with us, and I'm the ethnic one, and I'm the only one who got a text message about seasoning. So I think we are, I think you and I, between the two of us, are just poised for success in this position. So absolutely, McCormick. Absolutely. McCormick. our from our lips to your ears. From our ears to your tacos. Or <laughs> from your from our lips to your taco? Oh wait, that doesn't sound right. Mm, oh yeah, we, we should rethink that. It's okay, back to the drawing board with that one. Absolutely. And last but not least, the Hallmark Channel's new wine club will send you bottles paired with made-for-TV movies. How's that for Christmas in motherfucking July for you? <laughs> I mean, honestly, my initial reaction is no, but because um, like if I'm watching, if I'm watching a, a made for TV Hallmark movie, I'm, I got to have a bottle of tequila in my hand. The wine is just not going to cut it. If you're watching Vanessa Hudgens make a paycheck on Hallmark. Yo, Christmas on the Square. Did you watch that with Dolly Parton? This no, but Christ- oh, uh, I watched, girl. I watched Night Before Christmas, K-N-I-G-H-T. 
Yes. <laughs> there are some great, actually, some really great Christmas content came out last year. Christmas on the Square had Dolly Parton, icon, obviously. Um, and what else was there? There was another one. There was a gay was, one. There was a, there gay, was a gay one. one yep. Yeah, which I, I watched with Fran Drescher, gay rights, right? Yes, a gay rights, um, Fran Drescher, right? Um, and been then, watching all the nanny reruns on HBO Max. Yeah, there was the uh, the Jinx Monsoon and Ben De La Creme did a Christmas special on Netflix as well that was hysterical. And I think not all Hallmark, of this, but great. Not Hallmark, but I think all of this amazing Christmas content is still up there and available to watch. So if you want to have a Christmas in July party, I think I think the tools are available for you out there. And you so, have a couple of days left in July to do that. You and- certainly do. <laughs> so fucking get cracking, people. Get cracking. <laughs> Absolutely. And last Christmas, besides me giving you my heart, Hallmark released um, wine called Jingle and Joy, right, to go with their Mm -hmm. Hallmark Christmas movies. I -hmm. still have two bottles uh, uh, in my cellar that my mother bought me that I have yet to open because I wanted to celebrate. Maybe I should have opened them this morning to have with you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, girl. We can make some sangria out of it. And Hallmark, I didn't even realize, is in the hard seltzer game as well. And now they're launching an entire Hallmark Channel Wines Club that automatically sends you sends wines directly to members' homes four times a year. Now, Look at that. I don't mean to be presumptive here, but this feels very aimed at the LGBTQIA community, particularly gay middle-aged men. Um, so I'm feeling very seen. <laughs> but, yeah, listen. Uh, members will receive wine arriving four times a year in three, six, or 12-bottle shipments, depending on whether they... Opt for the $48, $96, or $179 package. Look at that. All wines are still produced in partnership with Wines That Rock. Sounds like a valid distillery here. (laughs) A valid (laughs) vintner. Yep, yep, yep. And it's, it's paired with Hallmark Channel movies. Look at that. I mean, look, why think for yourself when Hallmark can think for you? Yes, exactly. There's a wine called Autumn Dreams. (laughs) That's amazing. It sounds delicious. It sounds like something I want to cozy up to. It does. And with that, I think that's a perfect way to end our autumn dreams and this section of Food News Update. Well, listen, you know what? The wine of it all and the Christmas in July of it all, who doesn't love a good summer sangria or... What what is what I'm just calling hot sangria mulled wine? Oh, girl, mulled wine. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be on the menu for me today. But hey, nothing like a little a little five spice up in there. Not, you know, a little clove, a little uh, star anise. You know, yes. I love what you I call love, me. I love to touch the anise, anise, um, and uh, I love me some mulled wine. But. You know, it's summer, so if you're going to take that red wine, pour it over some ice, throw a little Sprite and some fruit in it, we'll call it sangria, and get on with our lives. I'm here for that. Uh, My mother, Mama Gladys, loves some red wine and ice, honey. Yeah. Look, sometimes you just need need to take the edge off a little bit. Honestly, there is, I think there is absolutely no shade to putting ice in wine. I know that's a terrible thing for a bartender to say, but I, look, I like a spritz. Listen, I could I could live my best Long Island lady, you know, life with my Absolutely. ice over my Pinot Grige. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? It's summer. It's hot. I'm sorry. I need to I cool mean, down. And now on to the great Coquito debate, right? For those Girl. of you that out there in your mouth listeners that Girl. don't know, Coquito is mainly a Puerto Rican Dominican winter you know, eggnoggy sort of cocktail. It's like, I call and, it like eggnog's Puerto Rican cousin. Exactly, right? Um, and there's a debate on whose, whose recipe is the most authentic, whom, whose family makes it the best. Obviously, mine does. Right? Look, I can't compete on an authenticity level just because, girl, I'm Filipino, okay? So, like, we don't make coquito. Listen, you have Latino in you. I know. There's Spanish bloodline in me. But I will say, um, you know, yes, great Coquito debate. I mean, it's interesting. I did a lot of research before I did this. But it sounds like you really go to, like, your family goes to the trouble of, like, 
harvesting the coconuts. You actually climb the trees and pick the coconuts. Um, and, then, and then you also say kind words to them for 30 days before you open them and use them. Yes. Um, <laughs> yep, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so one I year, <laughs> one year, my mother could not find coconuts in the city, like good ones, because mm-hmm. it's the bre- it's the brown coconuts, not like the big green coconuts that you get yeah, like yeah. out of Jamba Juice or something like that. Sure. And, um, and you know, if you buy the th- the whole thing is is if you buy ten of those coconuts, even at like a Whole Foods or something, there's a way to buy them, obviously, because they're fruit. And then secondly, even if you buy them and you think they're good, once you crack them open, um, if you buy ten, maybe four will be good. Are usable? Wow. Are usable? Right? Is that I, is that a taste thing? Is it a texture thing? Is it just it's like a taste where thing. they are? And okay. I never understood it till someone took me through it because you crack one open. Because you're using the water and the meat in the coconut. And so you'll taste one and you'll be like, oh, that's okay. But when you taste a really good one, you're like, oh, this one is crap. Mm, You know? Interesting. And so so you want the freshest, ripest, sweetest of them all. And then there's some ones that come out really rancid. Like I tasted one and then I threw up because it was like fermented and I didn't realize. (laughs) Fermented coconut. That's disgusting. That does not sound good to me. It was like kombucha at its best. It was gross, dude. So there's a whole like selection process then for the way that your family makes it. One year, my mother couldn't find coconuts in the city. And my best friend, also named Michael, was visiting family in Florida. And for and he usually sends a little something to my mom for Christmas. And he sent her a big box of coconuts from Florida. Yes. Um, and just because we needed them. And then he came for Coquitum. So. I love that. And okay, so like out of that box of coconuts, how many were you able to use to actually make the Coquito? I think he sent 12 and mm-hmm. I think half were good. Wow. I think we hit the jackpot because it was like six or seven were good. Mm. And like we got a big harvest that year. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to wait for my invite around Christmas time proper so that I can watch this process go down. You'll have to come to Brooklyn. You'll have I, to look, come to Brooklyn. Oh, oh, my God. Like China, basically. I guess yeah. I can like put on my, you know. And it's a whole day. My hiking it's all, boots it's a, and go out there. It's a whole day of making pasteles and um, and coquito. It's just all one right. of those like in the kitchen days, schmata on. I'm ready for it, baby. I'm ready for you it. You know, drinking, drinking, and making you know labor intensive foods. It's it, look. It, what, what says what says Christmas more than spending an, an inordinate amount of time making something that you put into your body? Exactly. I mean, the Filipino people do it, too, with the lumpia and the empanadas of it all as well. You know, lumpia every year. I mean, and you want to talk about this is how we lure white people into my Filipino family is because it's lumpia. All the white people, they show up to every special event. They're like, where's the lumpia? It's the first thing that they ask every (laughs) single time. So you know what? How about this? I'll come over. We'll, We'll make the schlep out to Brooklyn together. Y'all can show me how you make your coquito. I can show you how I make my lumpia. There is only one way to make lumpia. Um, and it is my so, family's yeah. way. That's right. That's right. Um, and and I would accept. we can have a whole multicultural Christmas extravaganza. Oh, my goodness. A multicultural Christmas extravaganza in July. I'm ready I for it. The, I wonder if the audience is like, these two, they're real. This is a stretch, y'all. <laughs> it is not a stretch. Who doesn't like to talk about Christmas? Well, I, I, I want to say one thing about Christmas, and that is the first time I ever came to New York, it was June, right? And I was walking down 9th Avenue, and the, it was hot and muggy, and traffic was everywhere. And all of a sudden, I look up. And on a fire escape leaning out of, like, the third floor of a, a, an apartment building was, I'm not even kidding, Santa Claus. It, this man looked like Santa Claus. He had a big white beard, the little spectacles, and was in a white wife beater, just, like, peering down at Ninth Avenue, like, deciding who was naughty and nice. Ever since then, I've said that Santa... He, he takes his summer in Hell's Kitchen. Who knows what he's up to? You know what I'm saying? I saw him at the Eagle like two weeks ago. <laughs> See, what, this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. And so, Hot Santa. Um, Hot so Santa. Whenever I think of, of, of Christmas in July, that's what I think of. I think of seeing Santa Claus leaning on a fire escape in Hell's Kitchen. It's it, facts, baby. Facts. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god! I saw recently that the crafty lumberjacks have pulled out all sorts of Christmas items uh, too on their on their Instagram. You know them, right? They're friends to the pod. They're I mean, all yeah. over Kelly and Ryan. You know, every other morning yeah. doing crafts. They're, so They're doing great. really well. They're doing really well. Yeah, I, I love found a Christmas them on, craft on Instagram. I found them on Instagram first, and then uh, followed them over on uh, on TikTok. And um, yeah, we've we, like I keep saying that I want to do a collab with them. Where like I don't know, I I make a a cocktail inspired by them, and then they can like do a show how to make like a cute garnish or something like a crafty garnish that you can make. Who knows? But those boys are great. And yes, the the hustle is real. Like. Drew Barrymore sent them like a cat box. I don't know. It's just there's that's they they definitely have found that right sort of formula of like queer home product or home DIY realness. Yeah, absolutely. I, I HGTV was just thinking, dream. Yeah, I mean, right? Can you can someone send me that paycheck, please? <laughs> that would be a Christmas dream. Oh my God. Speaking of Christmas dreams as well and the restaurant business, I got a check in the mail yesterday from a class action lawsuit from a catering company that I haven't worked for in over like 10 years. <laughs> um, I think that my boyfriend may have received the same uh check. He, he like he texted me the other day and was like, um, there was a lawsuit against a catering company that I worked for and I just got like a three hundred dollar check in the mail. And I was like, oh, wow. Fierce, he girl. made more money than I did. Yeah. I was like, girl, you you better like go out and buy yourself some shoes. And he did. Right. He went and got some Birkenstocks. He got him some lesbian footwear, okay? Not Birkenstocks. <laughs> Even though Birkenstock um not not a complete fan until like a week ago where I saw somebody wearing like neon, like green, yellow Birkenstocks that were really oh, yes. actually very cute. Get and I may it, need baby. a pair. Shout out to you, Birkenstock. I, put that, I converted put that in my stocking. Yeah, I, I converted to Birkenstocks like three years ago. It's hard to go back, honey. You know, they say don't wear open-toed uh, shoes in New York City. I'm breaking the rules. I'm just absolutely not. That's disgusting. That is disgusting. Get off my podcast, please. My dirty little biscuits. My dirty little biscuits. (laughs) I've heard that about you yet again. Only sometimes. (laughs) Only sometimes. Not in defeat. Oh my goodness. Um, uh, Wow. Not in defeat. He says. Nothing wrong with them. <laughs> just uh, no, I mean, I could be in defeat. That's a that's a whole other cri- list of Christmas now we're really dreams. Now we're really walking down a different path. <laughs> speaking what of is, feet. I know. Speaking of feet, what is next for you? Let the, let the audience know as we close out here. Baby, what is next for me? Well, if you are in New York City, specifically Harlem, you can come visit me at Baylander Steel Beach, NYC. It's on 125th, uh, literally floating in the middle of the Hudson, right next to Dinosaur Barbecue, which is also an iconic New York City eat, eating spot. Um, but feel free to pop by, say hello. It's all outside and delightful. The weather has been improving. Um, so I'm going to be there for the summer season and uh, continuing to produce my content on TikTok at My Gay Bartender. So if you want to see what's going down over there, feel free. Yeah, you could also hop on his lives when he gets back to doing lives on TikTok Girl, as well. I've been doing Those live are, in real life is what's been happening. Yeah, so that's, it's, that's always a good time at my gay bartender. Well, Santa baby, this has mm. been such a great day and a great time really catching has. up. I know it's been too long, girl. We gotta go really have our, our margarita we fix been again. On the clubhouse. We haven't been on the interwebs. We haven't even seen each other in person. We have been mm. busy elves. Busy elves. We'll have to visit each other on our respective boats. Um, Please I'll come don't. Down to can't can't we just go out for drinks? <laughs> Okay, well, you I'll, maybe I'll bring you to mine when I'm off, and then we can have drinks up there. Or, I mean, just come in, and I'll plow you with the cocktails. But, like, you know, like, I, I just don't want to be at work. I would rather just hang out with you and share the Christmas spirit, because I'm well, really girl, driving. We're going to kiki that. We're going to do that kiki real soon. We got to catch up and home. talk shop. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, big shout out to Adam Tavalea. Thank you so much for giving me of your time today. Just to be utterly ridiculous and off the wall, right? Because I just felt like 
you know, we needed a break from like the traditional format of this big gay pod and and you know, and just to celebrate some goodness in the world, right, Adam? Right? I think we need to spend a lot more time celebrating what's good in this world because, girl, it's easy to talk about what's bad, but there's also a lot of really great stuff happening. So, Absolutely. Well, In Your Mouth listeners, another day, another great episode. I encourage you yet again, and as always, if you're not vaccinated and you are eligible to be vaccinated, please go... Go and do so. You know what? Acts of kindness these days are are worth their weight in gold. And I truly believe that they come back to you tenfold. Be kind out there. You know, go do good things. Go spread some love. And as always, thank you for listening to In Yo Mouth. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 